0: We thank you for your joy, God. We just thank you, Father God, for having a sound mind, God. We thank you that we have the mind of Christ. We thank you that we can do all things through Christ which strengthen us. We thank you that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. We thank you that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. On today, and every tongue that rises up against us in judgment, thou shalt condemn. We thank you that we're the head and not the tail. We're above and not beneath. God, we thank you that we're blessed in the city. We're blessed in the field. We're blessed in our storehouses. We're blessed in the fruit of our womb. Everything our hands touch is blessed. We're blessed coming in. We're blessed going out. God, the blessings of the Lord makes us rich and adds no sorrow to it. God, we just thank you for your many blessings. We thank you, Father God. We thank you for giving us another opportunity to come before you on today, God, in fellowship. We thank you that we're coming to commune with you, God. We thank you, God, that we're coming to participate, God, with your word, God, and do what your word tells us to do, God. We thank you, God, that we are hearers of your word, and not only hearers, but we're doers of your word on today, God. So, Father God, I thank you for preparing your people hearts. I thank you that your people hearts are already ready and receptive to receive the word of God on today. And we thank you, God, for our helper, our teacher, which is the Holy Spirit. And I thank you, God, that we all have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us. So we give you glory, we give you honor, we give you praise on today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Open your Bibles to Psalms chapter 119, verse 89. I believe all of us, or the majority of us, is familiar with this verse of Scripture. Psalms 119, verse 89. We thank God for his word, amen. Amen. Hallelujah for the word of God, the word of life which quicken us, which brings us life. Hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. Hallelujah. The word of God now reads, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Forever, O Lord, Thy word is settled in heaven. Now go with me to 1 Peter, chapter 1, verse 24 through 25. I believe today your Bibles will be loosened up. They're not going to be stuck together. That Bible need to be so loose that when you open it up, the pages just go every which way. Sometimes we got to keep licking to get them unstuck. That tells you where you've been. Amen? But when that Bible starts just loosening up every time you turn it, you say, Thank you, Lord, I've been there. Amen? Done that. First Peter 1, 24 through 25 reads, For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of men as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. You may be seated. I want to talk about God's word is his final authority. God's word is his final authority. I want to encourage each and every individual in here on today to know that if you're standing on the word of God, it's not going to change. You may change. Your situation may change. But God's word don't change. This is why the psalmist said, forever, that means no ending, it's everlasting. The word of God never ends. I want you to to capture that. I want that to sink deep within your heart. The word of God never ends. There's no ending. It is everlasting. Heaven and earth is going to pass away. But the word of God is going to remain and it's going to stand. So my question today is, why are we not standing on the word? If the word is from everlasting, it's everlasting, there's no ending, and it says it's forever settled in heaven, that means it's firm, it cannot be moved. The word of God is firm, it cannot be moved. This is why the enemy does not want us to get into the word and for the word to get into us because he knows the word is not going to change. It's from everlasting to everlasting. There's no ending to the word of God. And God is bringing this in the house today to let you know, no matter what your body is going through, no matter what your finances is going through, if God said it, God has already done it. If God said it, he's already done it. I don't care how you cut up. I don't care how you act up. I don't care what you do. God is not going to change his mind. I want you to get that. God is not going to change his mind. Whatever God has said, whatever God has written, it is not based on you. You could not even save yourself. So why are you trying to make something work that God has already worked? God has already done it. So the only thing we have to do is believe and receive what God has already done. Quit trying to make the word work. I don't care how much you fast. I don't care how much you pray. I don't care what you do. It's not going to change what the word has already done. We're trying to do things to make things work in our homes, to make things work with our children, to make things work with our family. We're trying to make it work. But I guarantee you, if you get into the word of God and the word of life and you pull out a promise from God and you begin to stand on that promise outside of how you feel, outside of what people are saying, you can be assured that it is already done. God does not change. He said, I change not according to Malachi, the third chapter. He said, I'm the same today, yesterday, and forever. So no matter what you do, it ain't based upon what he done. Don't let people fool you and tell you, you got to do this or you got to do that to get God to do what God has already done. God left us out of dying. He based the dying not on us. He had to base it on Jesus because he who knew no sin became sin for us so we can become the righteousness of God through him. So if people are telling you this is what you got to do to get something from God, that is false doctrine. God has already done everything. It ain't based on you. The only thing you got to do is go into the the word of God. And say, God, this is what you said, this is what I'm going to believe, and this is what I shall receive based upon you, not based upon me. Even though my bills look like they're just overflowing, God, you said in your word, if I give, it shall be given unto me. So I ain't going on this overflow, I'm going on what you told me to do. So now, God, you got to react according to what you said. It doesn't matter about what the bills look like. What matters is what you said, God. You said you have supplied all of my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I'm going on your spiritual laws, not on the natural law, because your spiritual law is what works. So quit looking at your situation and trying to figure it out. Know that God has already worked it out and quit trying to. We need to quit listening to people that don't know the word. Some people are in the word, but they don't know the word because they're telling you what you got to do to get something from God. The only thing you do is believe and receive what God has already done. Look here, you can even mess up, and I'm not telling you to mess up. But some of us miss it. Some of us cuss too much. Some of us go do things that the world is doing too much. But one thing God don't do is change what he said because you're doing what you've done. Because the Bible said that God commended his love for us. He proved his love for us. While we were yet sinners, he died for us. So we were out there doing our mess and he still died. He died for past, present, and future sins. So don't be trying to think of everything that you've done so bad and that's stopping God from giving you what he's already promised. That ain't going to stop God. It's stopping you from receiving it. But once you know what grace have done, it will keep you from doing what you're doing. It will keep you from sinning because he paid the price for for sin that separated us from God. So by grace you're saved through faith, not of yourself, not of works. It is the gift of God. So when we know what grace have done and we fall in love with grace, we'll stop doing what we're doing and we'll say, God, I thank you for what you have done. Some of us are trying to do too many self-righteous works to get something from God. Well, maybe if I stay in my word longer, maybe if I pray longer, maybe if I fast longer, fasting is not for you to get nothing from God. Fasting is to put your flesh under subjection so you can hear God, so you can receive what you already have from God. Quit being starving yourself to get something that you already got. Some of us said, I'm going on a 40-day fast. Yeah, you're going on a 40-day fast thinking that you don't have what God has already given you. But the fasting is helping you to hear what God has already given you through the Word of God. It kills the flesh. But some of us don't want to kill the flesh because we done got so used to the flesh, the way the flesh reacts and what the flesh does. We want the flesh to live. We don't want it to die. But it's time for us to stop being subjected to what the flesh is doing and be subjected to what the Spirit of God has already done. So his word is forever settled in heaven. That means it's everlasting. There's no end. It is firm. It is not going to change. I want to keep saying that over and over again, because when our bodies are wracked in pain, we wait on our bodies to change to say we healed. Regardless if your body changed or not, you already healed because the word says you healed. If your body is still hurting, that does not mean that you're not healed. If your body stop hurting, that don't mean you're healed. You're healed because the word says you're healed. So quit waiting on something to happen to accept what God has already done. That's why we can't receive it. Let me say it again. If my body is not hurting, that don't mean I'm healed. I was healed before my body stopped. Let me say it again. If my body is not hurting, that don't mean I'm healed. The word says I'm healed, so I'm healed outside of this body. It ain't about your body. It's about the word. It ain't about your bills. It's about what the word said about your bills. So if you're waiting on your children to be saved, and they're saying they're saved, before you know he made a way for them to be. He said, ask for you in your house. What did he say? If he saved you, your come on, that's the promise. So you ain't waiting on your child to say, I'm saved. You're saying, God, you gave me a promise out of your word. So I'm going to thank you that they have already accepted what your word said. We got it backwards. We're waiting on something to happen to say we got it. That's what we do. But we already have it. We already got it. Have y'all ever seen a dog chasing his tail? That's how some church folks are. They're chasing something they already have. I watch my little puppy just chasing, trying to catch his tail. I mean, I'm like, there it is. There it is. You missed it. We're missing the word. We're missing the word. Every time he would bite at it, he couldn't get it. That's what's happening in the church. You got everything that you need, but you ain't grabbed hold to it because you don't know what you have because we have so much false doctrine teaching us this is what we have to do to be saved. The only thing I have to do to be saved is accept what Jesus have done. Sin is not stopping people from getting to heaven. Rejecting Jesus is what's stopping people from getting to heaven because Jesus done away with sin, so the sin ain't the problem. It's accepting what he's done. So the enemy got us chasing stuff that we already have. People tell you, keep on praying till you feel something move. <laughs> if you ain't feeling no chill and nothing, pray longer. Come on, y'all. We don't have to do all that but stand on what the word is saying. And when we stand on what the word is saying outside of how we feel, This is what the word says. And this is what we have to remind ourselves. God, this is what you said. So I believe it. Even though things around me seem like it's going haywire. God, that's not stopping what you said. Come on, y'all. Y'all know when you're feeling down and out. And your body is going through. It's going through different changes. And you're like, now I'm speaking the word. Nothing ain't changed. The word don't change. It's you that's. That's looking at something opposite to what God said. So we have to look at the word according to what it is. We got to quit trying to do something or to perform to get something from God. We don't need to put on no performance. God is a loving God. The Bible tells me that God, for God so loved, dearly prized the world, that he gave his only begotten son. That those who believe in him shall not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. So when we believe on what he has done, guess what? We're not going to perish. But who do we believe on? Him. We don't believe on nobody else but him. Our problem is we're riding people coattails trying to get to heaven. See, I, I realized years ago, my husband can't take me with him. And he can't take me with him. I can't go with him. He can't go with me. We got to answer for ourselves. When we stand before God, it ain't going to be what my wife said or what my husband said or what my children says. No, he's going to say, what did I say? See, our problem is we got our lives centered around a man, a woman, children, dogs, um, um, what is it, employers, employees. Our lives are centered around these things. We wait on people to validate us. Instead of looking at what the word says and say, you don't validate me. The word tells me what I need to do. We look at people when they make you mad. Come on, somebody. You're waiting on them to say, I'm sorry. That ain't what the word tells you. See, we're trying to do things according to the world. That's the world's way of doing it. No matter how hurt you are, you don't become bitter in that hurt. You do what Jesus tells you to do. You cannot even go before him with all that hurt in you because guess what? You're blocking out what he's done. That's why we forgive. We forgive. Because it's going to hinder our prayer life with him. It's going to bring blockers with him in our prayer life. So we have to do what the word is telling us to do. Because it is forever settled in heaven. It's not going to change. It ain't based on us. I want y'all to get that today. It's not based on you. But we, when we do what the word tells us to do. It opens up the floodgates of heaven. For what we have already. For what God has already given us. So God began to show me in the Word of God. Go with me to Numbers 22:35. I told you you're going to do a lot of flipping. Numbers 22:35. Y'all, the Word is so good, and God would give it to you if you want it. But you got to want it. Some of us say we want the Word, but that's not the first place we go to when we get in trouble. We go to everything else except the Word of God. Y'all know about what was happening in Numbers 22 and 23. It says in verse 35 in Numbers 22, And the angel of the Lord said unto Balaam, Go with the men, but only the word that I shall speak unto thee, that thou shalt speak. So Balaam went with the princes of Balaam. So God told Balaam, You can go with them, but you can only speak what I tell you to speak. See, because God's word is true. God's word does not change. So God said, go, but only speak what I tell you to speak. Why? Because God's word is forever settled in heaven. It is what is written. So God said, I only want you to say what I say. This is why Jesus said, I only say what my father say. I only do what my father does because he knows his word doesn't change. So this is what Balaam had to do. When we go to verse 38 and listen what Balaam said unto Balak. Lo, I'm coming to thee. Have I now any power at all to say anything? The word that God putteth in my mouth, that shall I speak. So Balaam was saying, I'm only speaking what God says. I'm not going outside of God. See, this is what's happening in the church. You got people going outside of God to get what they want. Let me start with these lines that they're putting in church. They're putting 20, well, let's start out with a hundred dollar line hundred dollar line then they bring the line on down you got to do this to get healed don't don't go there because you need to say why I got to do something when I already have that why I have to pay you for something that I already got no I'm not doing that that's false doctrine well if you sow a seed into this you'll be blessed I'm already blessed I'll just give you money but don't use that excuse to get me to give you money that's error People are using that to get money from people and people are taking that to say, this is what I have to do to get from God. So Balaam knew, he said, I don't have any power at all. I can only speak what God is telling me to speak. Go with me to Numbers 23, verse 11 through 12. I want you to listen at this again. Numbers 23, verse 11 through 12. And Balak said unto Balaam, What has thou done unto me? I took thee to curse my enemies, and behold, thou hast blessed them all together. And he answered and said, Must I not take heed to speak that which the Lord hath put in my mouth? Understand this. Let your light come on today. He could not do something opposite to what God has already done because it's written. I don't care how many people try to curse you. They can't curse what God has already blessed. Y'all quit falling for this mess. If God has already written that you're blessed, it ain't going to be reversed to no curse. Let's read this again. And Balak said unto Balaam, What hast thou done unto me? I took thee to curse my enemies. Behold, thou hast blessed them all together. He couldn't do nothing but bless them. Because God ain't changing what he's, So when people say, I'm putting a curse on you, that's a lie from the pits of hell. You cannot curse what God has already blessed. But we fall for that out of fear. Listen at Numbers 23, 16. And the Lord met Balaam and put a word in his mouth and said, go again to Balaam and say thus. Now look how God was putting the word in his mouth. And then 23, 19 through 20, y'all know this one. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Have he said and shall he not do it? Or have he spoken it? Shall he not make it good? Listen at this. Behold, I have received commandment to bless, and he have blessed, and I cannot reverse it. That's the word. So how many of us in this room... Have said I'm up under a curse. You up under a curse because you choose to be up under a curse. If God has blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, that's His word. And if you fall for that, yes, a curse will come on you because you open the door to a lie. And that's what you're looking for—a curse. I believe my finances is cursed because I just can't get ahead. That's because you're spending too much. Need to watch your spending. Seem like I get it in my hand and it leave out of my hand. Okay, let me ask you this. Are you giving to God first? That's why you don't have nothing. Because you got to follow God's spiritual laws. If you giving first to uh, Verizon, if you're giving first to the light company, if you're giving first to the house, if you're giving first to this and not giving God his first, then yes, you look like you got lack. Because you ain't putting God first. The Bible says, seek ye first. The kingdom of God and his way of doing things, his righteousness, and then all of these things shall be added unto you. So if you ain't laying it down to God first, guess what? Seem like it's just leaking out of your hand. It's just like putting money in uh, a bucket and it what? got holes in it. Because what we're doing, we're not giving God first. When you love God. You only love him because you know he first loved you. You want to obey what he says. And when you obey what he says, guess what? The floodgates is opening. And your bills may still look jacked up even though you pay in time. And I'm not saying this for you to give me nothing. Because you ain't giving it to me. You're giving it to God. I'm giving you what the word of God says. You don't withhold on God. I remember personally for me, way back when... 20 30 years ago how many of y'all would pay on a credit card and you know when it would hit and when it would hit you get the money right back off the credit card anybody tried that trick don't act like you didn't that credit card will never get paid off because if you put a hundred up there you know you can take some off before they get their money right never pay them off y'all know y'all tried that trick so I remember when I was trying to change some things around in our finances and trying to make things work. Have you ever tried to make things work and they still weren't working? Yeah. But you made them work. You still was eating. You still were getting stuff, but you still owe a big debt. So I was trying to make things work, so I was talking to the lady on the phone, and she said, well, I need to know all of your finances, right? So she told me, she said, well, from what you're telling me, something is missing. I said, uh, yeah, it is. I said, my tithes, I pay my tithes. Well, that's why we can't get paid. I said, well, I'm paying my tithes. She said, so I can't help you because you don't want to give up that, so we can't help you do what you want to do. I said, okay. But I'm not going to quit paying, giving God what belonged to him. So let me tell you what God did. Oh, he's a good God. Because, see, I stood on what God said. So the woman said, we can't help you. I said, okay, because I'm not going to quit giving God what's due to him. Y'all, it had to be a week or two later. I got something in the mail, and they told me, we have decreased this amount on this bill. Won't he do it? The same company that told me that they couldn't reduce that payment. I get something in the mail to tell me it's already been reduced. Why? Because I took God at his word. His word don't change. You do not change his word because of your financial situation. You don't change his word because you want a pocketbook or you want some clothes or you want to go out and eat with friends. You don't give your tied money to McDonald's. You don't give your tithe money to Burger King, have it your way. You don't give what belonged to God to the world. Uh oh. See, we take what belongs to God and we give it to somebody else and we're sitting up there saying, God, what's going on? Seemed like when I made more money and I was given, I had enough, but now I'm making little money and I'm being stingy with what I have and seem like I still don't have enough. It's because you ain't doing, you can't do it half-heartedly. Oh, it's so quiet. I learned that years ago. Even when we was going through and looked like we were going to make it from week to week, I still honored God. I still honored his word when I was seeing other people at work that were going out to eat for lunch. And I couldn't go out to eat for lunch. I had to go home and see what I had to eat. And I was so hurt and so disappointed. But I was trusting God and God was teaching me how to trust him outside of what was going on. See, we got to know that we can trust God even when it don't look like it's going to work. That's when God can say, now you're ready. Because you're standing even when it don't look like you're going to make it. Even when the bills look like they're getting higher and higher. You still trusting me. You still doing what I want you to do. You honoring me with your first fruits. When you honor God with your first fruits, the Bible say your barns are filled with plenty and your vats are what? Overflowing with what? No wine. See, I have learned whatever God's word say, that's what I do. And I don't do it just to get from God. I do it because this is what the word tells me to do. We don't withhold on God. God will always make a way for us. God knows better than we know. We can't withhold from him to try to get something because we already got what we need in him. Everything we need, we have in him. So we have to trust him. We cannot trust anything else but him. Sometimes we think we get in the head, but we're not. You're leaving God out because you're not doing what God is required of you to do. God said, I will bless the works of your hands. See, everything that we do unto God is blessed. But when you do it unto man, it ain't going to be blessed. So don't think God is going to put a blessing on something that's outside of his word. He does not do that. Okay, let's go back to Balaam. Remember, God was telling Balaam in the beginning, don't go with those men. But God knew Balaam's heart. God knew his heart was on going with those men to get those gifts from that man. So he told him, go ahead and go. Why? Because God knew that's where he wanted to do anyway. But guess what God did? He put an angel there. And the donkey would see the angel and the donkey would back off. Wouldn't go forward. Balaam got mad at the donkey and began to, you know, beat the donkey, and God allowed the donkey to talk. And he said, all these years, I have served you. And I believe he was saying, and your big behind rolled on me, and I had to carry you. And you're going to whoop me like this? What's wrong with you? I was saving your life. So God had to open Balaam's eyes. See, Balaam's eyes was closed. You know why it was closed? Because his heart was on getting something outside. Mm, That was for somebody. Your eyes are closed because your heart is not right before God. That means that you already know what you're going to do outside of what God is telling you not to do. So he opened Balaam's eyes and allowed him to see what was in front of him. So that's when God was telling him, you only speak what I tell you to speak. You only do what I tell you to do. God had to let him know, I'm God. So that's what God is letting us know today. Quit trying to make up something to get something from God. Quit trying to act like you're doing what God is telling you to do and you ain't. Because if you're not doing it from your heart, it's just like not doing it. Don't give somebody something if it's not coming from the heart. Don't give it because somebody else gave it and and they're knowing that you gave it. When you give from the heart, that's what God bless. Because he knows it's coming from your heart. Go with me to Jeremiah 29, verse 4 through 11. Jeremiah 29, verse 4 through verse 11. Oh, those Bibles are going to be loosened up today. Jeremiah 29, verse 4 through verse 11. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, who's speaking? God. Unto all that are carried away captives, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem unto Babylon. God caused them to be carried away because they wouldn't listen to God. How many of us have been carried off into some mess because we wouldn't listen? And how many of us at that time be crying out to God to come out of that mess? Because we wouldn't listen. He said, build you houses and dwell in them and plant gardens and eat the fruit of them. Take you wives and begot sons and daughters and take wives for your sons and give your daughters to Husbands, that they may bear sons and daughters, that you may increase there and not diminish. And seek the peace of the city, where I have caused you to be carried away captive. And pray unto the Lord for it, for in peace thereof shall you have peace. So what God was telling them, this is where you're going to be. He said, this is where you're going to be, so I want you to make good of where you are. He said, if you speak peace in that city, that city is going to see good because of you. This is what God is saying. He say, For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Let not your prophets and your diviners that be in the midst of you deceive you, neither hearken to your dreams which which you cause to be dreamed. For they prophesied falsely in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. For thus says the Lord, That after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word towards you in causing you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil to give you an expected end. This is what God was saying. You're going to be in Babylon for 70 some years until you're going to stay there to that time. Don't let nobody tell you that you're coming out of that place. What is God saying? I don't change my mind. God said his word is forever settled in heaven. God's word is his final authority. If God said it, it will not be altered. It will not be changed. So he's letting them know, get settled in for 70 years because you're not coming out. I don't care what prophet come in and tell you any different. It is a lie. This is not what I said. See, our problem in the church is we don't want to go through nothing. We go through different things sometimes because we put ourselves in that situation. Because that's not what God told us to do. I'll give you an example. How many of us, I can be the first partaker, have went out a car and God didn't tell you to get the car? Come on, let's be honest. And when that monthly bill comes for that car and the money ain't there. because And then you're struggling trying to make the car payment. And then what we do, we try to lie on God to in the beginning and say, look what God blessed me with, y'all. Look at my God, won't he do it? And even put won't he do it on your car. They don't see the won't he do it no more and not even the car because they didn't came and repossessed it. Now won't he do it? We put different logos on our car to make people think God is doing this thing. And then you say, well, what happened to your car? Now you got to think of a lie. Well, you know, sometimes you have to give up things. The blessings of the Lord makes you rich and adds no. Then some of us try to keep the vehicle and then people look at you and say, you slimming down. That's because you didn't give up the vehicle. You had to give up something else, food. Or how many of us go get a vehicle and then we try to change things around to make it work with the vehicle? Well, we won't do this anymore, we won't do that. But when God tells you to do something, y'all, let me give you an example. When I was on my job, and I, I, I tell this because I believe somebody need to hear it again, and I got demoted off the job. So when I got demoted off the job, well, before I was on the job, my dream car was a Cadillac. So I could never get the Cadillac. Working on that job. I even put the Cadillac on the refrigerator and I would speak every day. But it seemed like the Cadillac would never come. So when the Lord told me to come off the job, and I just didn't come off right then, God was preparing me for where he was taking me. So I had to go through some trials, some tribulations. My faith had to be tested while I was on the job in different areas before I came off the job. So when I came off the job... You know, me and my husband was going to look at a car. And when we went to look at the car, I seen a Cadillac on the lot. And I said, there go my Cadillac. Now, check this out, y'all. I come off the job then. So I told my husband, I said, that car right there, I want to get that car right there. And my husband, you know, sometimes he look at me funny. But I knew this was God's doing, and it was marvelous in his eyes. So anyway, y'all, I end up getting the Cadillac. Off the job instead of on the job. Won't he do it? That's it. That's a won't he do it. Because, Jennifer, you know at that time, I wasn't getting the salary cut in half. Let me tell y'all something about my God. See, y'all trying to get these high-paying jobs. I'm going to lay it down for you. And won't even pay your bills with the low-paying jobs. So what make you think you're going to pay them with the high-paying and you still won't pay them? All of us look to money instead of looking to God. But God showed me how he would take the little and make it much. And that's what he'd been doing. He takes the little and make it much. So that was the car then, the Cadillac. So we end up driving that Cadillac. You know, I was thanking God for the Cadillac. I said, nobody done this, God, but you. Because that was my dream car. God, this is you. You waited till I got off the job to show me that you are God that you're El Shaddai, that you're Jehovah Jireh. I don't have to look to money. I look to you, and you'll make the way. So we drove that car how many years? Four or five years, right? So my husband um, saw this lot in Wilmington. He was going to look at BMWs, right? He said, ride with me. I said, I don't really want to go. He said, come on, let's just go down there. Now, he was not getting a BMW. You know how you go on the lots and you're just looking at fast cars? So, he was looking at the car. I said, I'm staying in the car. Ain't nothing on this lot can beat this Cadillac. I don't care what it is. So, I sat in the car, and I was just sitting there before God. You know how you just sit there, and you're doing your thing. all of a sudden, what's that? It was like a a pull. And I said, what is that? And so, I saw a salesman. I said, sir, get me the keys to that right there. So... (laughs) My husband was out there talking to the salesman, and the salesman said, I'll be right back. I need to go get keys. He said, what you going to get keys for? He said, that lady, he said, that's my wife. She ain't asking for no keys for nothing. <laughs> he said, yes, she did. She asked for keys for that. I didn't even know what it was, y'all. I said, she asked for keys for that. So he came and bought me the keys. I told my husband, I said, something about this car. I said, let's drive this car. So we got in the car, and I want to tell y'all, it was up. It was up in some money. I didn't, I didn't care about the price. The only thing I knew was an auction there. And so when we got in the car and we drove the car, I told my husband, I said, this is the car. He said, well, you told that man nothing on this lot can beat that Cadillac. I said, I know, but so- it's something about this car, and I- we just have to be obedient about this car. Y'all, we got back up in there, and I told the man, I said, we want to get this car. So guess what? We end up with a car, but my husband said, wait a minute. He said, you see those tires that's on the car? Normally, they don't do all this. He said, I want the Lexus rims on this car. Switch it out. They switched out all of that. We drove away in a Lexus. I said, God, look at you. Look at what you're doing. God done that. We didn't struggle with it. Still got it in my yard. With over 200 and some thousand miles and it's still going. Except it needs a little bit of repair. But it's still going. What am I saying? Whatever God has for you is for you. Look, we didn't look at the money we had. We looked at what God was saying and guess what? It happened. And it's still in my yard, that Lexus. So what am I telling you? Whatever God say, that's what you do. You don't go on your money. You don't sit up there and count your cost. The cost has already been counted through Jesus. God know your need. So if he know what your need is, evidently he know what's going to take place before you do. So that's why you got to get before him and say, God, you already know what I need before I need it. God is a God that already know before it happens. Amen. So we see these people, they were in Babylon. They wanted to come out, but God said, get settled there. Because I know the thoughts. I know the plans that I have towards you. So God already knew. He said, so trust me with these plans. You're not coming out. You put yourself in this situation. Now, I want you to go through this situation. Some of us don't want to go through. We know what God told us not to do. Then we do it. Then we cry and snotting. Oh, God, just sit right there. But God is going to take care of you while you're in that place. Amen? Let's look at Matthew 7. 24 through 27. Matthew 7, 24 through 27. This is what Jesus was saying. Therefore, whosoever hear these sayings of mine and do them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not for it was found, founded upon a rock. And he said, let me stop there. Look at what he's saying. Whosoever hear these sayings of mine and does them, you got to hear and do. Just like you hearing the word of God today, now you got to go out and do what you heard. He said, and do them, I will liken him as a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Listen at what happened. Just because you save does not mean that the rain, this rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, but it fell not. You're going to have storms in your life. You're going to have things that hit you. When I was talking about in the beginning of this sermon, you're going to have things coming at you. Well, guess what? You don't suppose to fall. They're going to beat upon you, but you don't suppose to fall. Why? Because you are founded upon the word. Jesus is the word. He is the rock. He is the true foundation. So if you're standing upon the word of God, you're not going to fall. You're not going to fail. No matter what comes to shake you, you're not going to fail. Why? Because you're standing upon the word of God. This is what the enemy does. He comes to shake us. He comes to bring persecution. He comes to bring tribulations. He comes to bring trouble. But if we're standing on the word of God, guess what? We'll be shaken, but we can't move. We will be shaken, but we can't move. So don't think just because you save, things are not going to happen in your life. But you don't supposed to fall when things happen in your life. And even though you fall, you're supposed to get up. And then it said, and everyone that hear these sayings of mine, listen here, both of them heard them. And doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man which builds his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. How many Christians do you see falling? Because they're hearing, but they're not doing. When you see people, and you giving them the word, and they're not doing what the word said, they already sunk. You don't have to wait on them to fall. They already fell, and even though they think they're living, they're not living. When God send you a word and tell you, don't do that. This is not the time for you to do that. Everything may look good. Your bills may look like they are caught up. It may look like every life is good. You ain't having no troubles. You ain't having no problems. You can say, I can handle that. I can do that. And somebody say, no, it's not the time. Don't do it. But this is what people say. Oh, they're just jealous. They don't want me to do it because they can't do it. See, that's the enemy. See how quick the enemy come in there to twist. What God sent them to tell you, that's not the time. It's not the time for you to take out that loan. It's not the time for you to do this or do that. God said, wait on him. Well, I don't understand why I have to wait. The money is there. God said, wait on him. So he said, and when you hear these sayings and do them not, you are building your house upon a sand, and it's going to sink. It's going to fall. It's already sunk. Why? Because he said, be a hearer and a doer. He said, you can't hear it and not do it and think you're going to get something from me. It don't work like that. Some of us, when we go after things, we feel a peace, but it ain't the peace of God. See, what God does is he have you to go after things that look impossible. He, God takes the impossible. He make it possible. Some things that we go after, sometimes it may be too easy. <laughs> and you be like, wait a minute, Lord, let me back up off this. Let me go back to the BMW. Um, me and my husband was down there on the BMW lot again, right? And my husband just looking, we looking at the BMWs. This was years later. And we sitting there and my husband said, oh, this is nice. I said, let's go. We, we good. Let's just go. We just good. He told me, let's just look. Let me tell you what happened, y'all. A salesman come out there. Remind me of Jamie. Just smiling like Jamie. He was just smiling. He said, Well, let me just show you the car. And I'm like, okay. So, you know how you just sit in there, mm hmm, mm hmm, mm hmm. Like, you just nonchalant, don't care. Mm hmm, mm hmm. So, he said, let me show. That man sat there, honey. Was it for about 30 minutes to an hour? I'm like, what man does this? Going over every feature, and just is nice, just as calm. I said, okay. He said, let's take it for a test drive. I said, okay. So, we got back in there. He said, you want the car? I'm still telling my husband. Just tell him we'll take it to our bank. We don't need them to do nothing. We'll do that. And I sat there. But when I got in the car and I didn't tell my husband this, the Holy Spirit told me, The car already yours. I said <regierung> I did. I was shutting him off. He said the car is yours if you and So we get in there, so the man said, Well we got good financing. I said, uh huh. I said, Give us the paper. So my husband said, well, well, you know, let's just see what will go on. I said, okay. He said, our financing is very good. I said, oh, your financing can't beat our bank financing. When he told me what his finances was, I said, run it. <laughs> it was very low. Y'all, we left with the car that night. I had peace at that time, not because the finances was low. I didn't even check the bills or nothing. I had a peace from God that passes all understanding. That was guarding my heart and my mind through Christ Jesus. See, it's always a time for everything. It's always a season for everything. And we have to be in the season that God will want us to be in. And when we're in that season, we're going to have that peace that God give us. And we don't have to worry about when the car payment come due, can I pay for it? We don't worry about that. We say it's already paid for. God, you have already made a way. But when we're sitting up there trying to do this, do that, and other, it's good to budget. Don't get me wrong. But when your budget is based on you and not based on what God said, you need to quit. If your budget is just based on you and ain't based on helping nobody else or giving God his first, that ain't God. That's you. We have to look beyond us and we have to see the needs of others. We can't just be looking out for what we need. We got to say, God, I want to be in a place to help somebody besides myself. I look at Tony back there and I thank God for Tony because Tony is always giving. It ain't the amount you give; it's how you give from the heart. If I don't give you number fifty cent, and I'm giving you that from my heart, I gave it from my heart. God can bless that. So if you taking your money and you spreading it out, and you giving two dollars, three dollars, four dollars here, five, you giving from your heart. That means it's gonna always come back to you. God can trust you with the little before He give you much. We want much first. God said, I can't even trust you with little. So we got to learn to do it God's way and not our way. We want to be like that house that's founded upon that rock. That we'll be able to stand through the storms no matter what goes on. No matter what happens. We can stand doing all we can stand because we're standing on his word. We have to say, God, that ain't what you said. God, this is what you said. And when we do that, guess what? God began to manifest himself according to what he said. Let's look at Genesis 15, verses 13 through 14. Let's look at what God said to Abram. Then the Lord said to Abram, You can be sure that your descendants seed will be strangers, sojourners, wanderers, residents, aliens in a land that they don't own. The people will make them slaves and be cruel to oppress them for 400 years. But I will punish, judge the nation where they are slaves which they serve. Then your descendants' seed will leave that land, take great wealth, possession with them. This is what God told Abram, Abraham. He spoke this word to Abraham. Guess what? The very word that God spoke to Abraham in Exodus 3, 7 through verse 10, God came and delivered that word. God came to bring him out of Egypt. Let me tell you something. God's word is sure. God's word is going to stand. That's why if somebody give you a word, and it's a word from God, it may not be happening, then put it on the shelf. But you got to know who's giving you that word. See, everybody who gives you a word, it may not be coming from God. It be, could be somebody operating in a familiar spirit. So that's why you have to have such a connection with God. You have to be in your word. You have to spend time with God that you're going to know the difference of what God is saying. God mainly confirms what he told you. So anything somebody say outside of him, you can say, oh, no, that's not God. But it may be something that they have spoken that God haven't said to you quite yet. That's when you say, I'm going to put that on the shelf. I remember um, years ago, you know, God would always give me. My call, my gift, my gifting. And when he gave me the last one, I never told nobody, never said anything. I kept it to myself, which was an apostle, never shared it. And I remember when the lady came in and spoke on me being an apostle, I sat there because I wasn't going to say nothing. But the Holy Spirit told me, no, I want you to stand and I want you to decree and declare where I have you. Because I already knew it. I kept it to myself for years. So this is what God does. He will confirm it through somebody to let you know this is where I have you. This is where I want you to be. So that's why we have to spend so much time with God so we'll know the difference. God always speaks, but we have to be listening when God is speaking. Some of us are so busy, wrapped up in the things of the world, God is speaking, but we don't hear God. Because we're too wrapped up with other things. You have to get unwrapped through the word of God and say, God, speak. Show me what you want. Show me how you want it. Let me know, God, for sure. I don't want to move, God. I want to wait on you because I don't want to mess up, God. And if I mess up, I'm bringing my family in with my mess up. That ain't fair to my husband. We need to think about, even in marriage, if we have two people that are saved, that are born again, and we have one that is not in the word. Don't even bother to get in the Word and all of a sudden to say, well, God is saying that um, I could go ahead and get me a motorbike. God ain't saying nothing. There won't be no motorbike coming out of here. You better act like you got one because it ain't coming out of here. How is God saying you getting a motorcycle and you can't even keep a job? Well, you know that's how you walk by faith. Well, you're going to be walking because you surely ain't riding. See? That's why you have to always get in your word. And and then some women will say, well, baby, go ahead. We got the money in the bank. You ain't getting nothing out of him. Mm -mm, We ain't in agreement. And until we get in agreement, don't you withdraw nothing. Holy Spirit, lock the account. Thank you, God. Sign, seal, and deliver. Y'all, the Holy Spirit will let you know. Some of y'all do things outside of the word of God and say, I suppose the the Bible tells me to obey my husband. As unto the Lord. No, he ain't going to have no motorcycle, bike-sickle, (laughs) no-sickle. If God ain't said it. And if they're not before God, and I ain't talking about my husband, if they're not before God, not getting in the Word, but coming up with all these sickles and cycles, and you going along with them, your house is doomed. You just like the house on the sinking sand. You got all these things, but you ain't doing nothing with them. Mm. It's so quiet up in here. Some people probably saying hi, hush. Ah, ah. I almost had me a sickle. (laughs) We got to understand that whatever God says, that's what God is going to do. God is not going to go outside of his word, y'all, because his word does not change. So we have to go on God's word, not go on how we feel. It's not about our feelings. Come on, some of us get joy when we can get some toys. But then after a while, it plays out and we want something else. Come on. Come on, some of us get joy when we get a new laptop, when we get a new iPad, when we get a new phone. After a while, we're giving the phone to anybody, dropping it, throwing it all over the place. Ain't no more joy in it. But when we got it, it was much joy. Oh, oh, oh. Give it a week. Give it three days. How about a new car? You drive that car all the time because it's new. Then after you get used to it, ain't think about no car. See, that's what worldly possessions are. But it's one thing that you have that cannot be taken away from you, which is the word. You can always count on the word. It's not going to change because your feelings change. The word is not going to change. Come on, Abraham messed up with Hagar, but it didn't change God's mind because he already told him what was going to be. Come on, he slept with Hagar. What you call that? Adultery. Slept with her. Had him a good time. Sarah went along with it. That was the culture. Then look what had to happen. God still gave him Isaac. Because God's word don't change. So God don't look at you. He's looking to his word because he's not man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he shall repent. He's not going to change his mind. God does not change. So you should be getting some joy right now, bubbling up from the fruit of the spirit. Because you know, and even though I'm feeling this way, God is still going to do what he said. Even though it looked like I don't have a man or woman in my life, God promised me a mate so I can give him some glory. When we know what God has promised us, we can rejoice even in the midst and say, God, I th-. that's where the praise coming in at. That's where the thanksgiving coming in at because we know what God has said. Y'all, it's so good because... My daughter made it through college or made it through because when God gave me something concerning her, I would get up every morning rejoicing. God, I thank you that she's in nursing school. God, I thank you. She owed no man nothing. And I was thanking him based on what he told me. Now, God, this is what you told me. Now, God, I thank you for showing even Ariel what you told me. Let her see, God, that you're still God. And the thing was, my daughter was looking at mama that had 400 nurses to get in. She said, and it's only a 100 left. And she said, it's a lot of people that have applied for nursing school. I said, I don't care. God said, you're already in there. Now I want you to start thanking God that you're in nursing school. But mama, but mama, nothing but God. I said, thank God with me that you're in nursing school. She applied for nursing school. She got the letter. She called me. She said, Mama, I'm scared to open. I said, you're already in. What's the problem? <laughs> I told you you were already in nursing school, girl. Okay, Mama, I'm open it up. Mama, yeah, you in there. <laughs> then she needed to move off campus. She needed an apartment. She was asking for an apartment. Mama, I need to get me an apartment because living with somebody's baby, ain't time for no apartment. God, and they said nothing about no apartment. So when she got ready to graduate, I told her, I said, Ariel, go look for an apartment. We're going to look for an apartment. Y'all, there was no money to be found for no apartment. So guess what? We, she found the apartment. I said, okay, we're going to handle that. The apartment that she had found, they had taken $200 off the rent for the whole year. So it made the apartment even lower. So I said, Ariel, God's got this. This is the apartment. She moved in that apartment. Y'all, God is just so good. God will do what he need to do when he need to do it. But he needs somebody to move on his behalf to let people know that he is God and not man. Oh, my goodness. He needs somebody to represent him on earth to let them know it's outside of what you want to do. It's going to be what my God said he's going to do. And when God opened the floodgates, they'll say there is a God. How are people going to know that there is a God if you don't move when it don't look like it's going to work? We wait for it to work before we can say hallelujah. You got to say hallelujah because faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. So if you need a vehicle, you need to be thanking God that I already have the vehicle. Then when you walk on the lot, you say, that's mine. you tell them what you're going to pay for the vehicle because God will tell you what you need to pay for the vehicle. If you want to get in a house, y'all, when we was looking for houses, God told us to go look for houses and I wasn't even interested in looking for a house because I had everything in every corner I could find because I just got content and settled. But when God told us to go look, I would go to people's houses. I said, Hey, how you doing? I said, um, I'm looking at different houses, and your house is kind of nice. Can I come in there and look? I'm being obedient to God. She said, yeah, look. I looked in that house. I said, okay. But God was showing me how to be obedient to him outside of the money, outside how I felt. Matter of fact, y'all, when I was looking for houses, I didn't know the credit score. Didn't know how much money it was going to take. I just had a word from God. And the funny part was when we start looking for a house, y'all, God had to get our bills in order. See, this is the problem. Let me tell you something about uh, people. See, when people see you move ahead, it's just like crabs in a bucket. That crab coming up to get out the bucket. Then a crab will come pulling back in the bucket because they don't want to let them out before they get out. So this is what was happening. When God was showing me how to do the finances, showing me how to do, showing me how to pay, then God said, now I want you to go look at a house. Because he told me how to do things. I never forget my brother know I like cars. Because before I met my husband, I already had about 13 cars on my own. And the only reason why I was getting them because I loved the buttons in them. Once I got tired of that car didn't have enough buttons, I had to go find another one to have. And never use the buttons. So anyway, so my brother was saying, girl, you ain't going to get no how. You're going to go get another car. Watch what I tell you. I said, watch me. He was watching and watching, waiting for a new car because they always saw me getting a new car. I kept that Lexus because God told me to keep that Lexus. We didn't move, me and my husband. When we had a plan. But this is the funny part. I got to share this about my husband. He's so funny. I remember before we was going to get a house or before all these cars had started, y'all, we had moved out of a rental house, and we had gotten our first home. And my husband had gotten this Camaro, which he was told not to get it. He sold his escort, which God blessed him with, and got this tow-up Camaro because he wanted the Camaro. Told this man, don't get that Camaro. Oh, man, that's no, okay. Go ahead. So I had the newer car. He had the Camaro, right? <laughs> I was on the phone, y'all. I love to talk about Jesus, and he will always get me. He said, man, you always on that phone. What if I need you? If you need me, the Lord is going to tell me, and I'm going answer this phone. That day, I was too happy in the Lord, talking about the Lord, and somebody had to bring him home. He was fussing. He said, I'm calling you. I'm broke down. And um, I'm broke down. I said, okay. He said, and my part's just falling from under the car. So I told him. I said, okay. I said, this is what I want you to do. Go back with the other car and pick up every part and tell the Lord thank you. He said, what? I said, pick up every part that fell off the car and tell the Lord thank you. You did it too, didn't you? He picked it up, told the Lord, thank you. We pulled it in the yard. They got it in the yard. So when we got ready to move, he had to pull it to the other place. So we was going to take vacation one week. And I went in the house, y'all, my husband looked like he was sick. I said, what in the world wrong with you? I ain't got nothing to drive. Car still sitting over there in the yard. I said, tell the Lord, thank you. I said, begin to praise him because you're going to get you a vehicle. I said, begin to praise him because you're going to get you a vehicle. He got up and he began to praise him. I believe it was in that same week we was on vacation. We went to a car lot. Guess what, y'all? He got him a vehicle that same week. Because, see, let me tell you, God knows what he's doing. Um, Y'all, I can go on and on and on by us living by faith. Then he saw another vehicle. Um, I think it was your Durango, white Durango. No, it was a Cadillac. Cadillac was way down the road. My husband always looked at the Cadillac, and he would say, I like that Cadillac. I said, get out the car. Go walk around it. God speaking in tongues. He liked it. I said, walk around it. Just speak in tongues. Give God glory for that Cadillac. Every time we go to Wilmington, he'd walk around it. we speak over that Cadillac, right? So one day, we was going to go get the Cadillac. Escalade. So we was going to go. Cadillac, Escalade. So anyway, y'all, this is funny. We was going to go get financing for it, saying, okay, we can get. No, no, no. He was going to get a truck before that. He was going to settle for a truck. Let me tell you how good my God is. So I called the, the lady that was going to finance it. Guess what this lady told me? She said, ma'am, she said, uh, this is not the vehicle. I'm like, what? She, it was, it, she said, I can put this through. She said, well, maybe God is telling you to wait. Who does that? Huh? Six months, right? We set, it sat there for six months, that Cadillac escalated. She said, maybe that's not the one God wants you to have. I said, okay, cancel that. Guess what? Went back, the Cadillac still sitting there. My husband said, I want that Cadillac. We rolled off the lot with the Cadillac and it went through.
1: God knows.
0: Y- Let me sing this song. Are you listening? Are you listening? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. <laughs> Woo. You. Y'all think I get behind this pulpit and make up stuff? No, God has taken us through some stuff, y'all. And we're still going through. But God wants to see the faithful ones. The one that can trust him outside of gimme, gimme, my name is Jimmy. Some of us walk in pride and we want people to see what we have. We want people to know we have it so people can high-five us, but they ain't the ones paying for it. You are. They ain't the ones that got to stay in your house when you can't get something that you really need or something break down and you can't fix it. This is why those that wait upon the Lord, He shall renew their strength. Then they're going to mount up with what? As an eagle. They shall run and not get weary. They shall walk and not faint. Why? Because they waited. He said, wait. Again, I say, wait and be of a good courage. Why are you waiting? Why? Because I can stand on his word because his word is true. God is not going to lie to me, so whatever God said is what God has to do, but we have to wait. So God is saying today, my word is my final authority. Do not get ahead of me, and first of all, you got to know what his word is saying to you. If you're not in the word, how do you know what the word is saying? That's why when you get in the word, the Holy Spirit job is, is to remind you what the word is saying unto you. So I'm encouraging you today, no matter what your situation is, God don't change his mind. Just learn to wait on him. And as you wait on him, God will manifest Himself not only to you, but to the other ones that you have been speaking This is what God is saying. This is what God is going to do. Somebody told me to shut up and sit down when I was speaking it. Oh, you're going to be right here with us. You might as well shut up and sit down, Amanda. I say, I'll I'll go sit down, but I ain't going to shut up. Because I'm not going to be here. God has taken me off this job. And it's been 22 years. 22 years. And I want to say this to say this. I'm saying that to say this. The whole time I've been off and my husband's been off his job. Never thought he would come off his. But God told me he was coming off. But I wouldn't tell him. You know why? Because I had a fear. I said, Lord, if he come off, they'll go to retirement. They'll go this. They'll go that. God, we ain't going to have nothing. God said, trust me. And God let me know he's coming off. But he's going to come off in my timing. So what God did to my husband in that time, y'all, my husband became a supervisor, which God told him way before he was going to be a supervisor. I say, honey, God is showing me you're going to be on the ground looking up at the pole, and you're going to know what's wrong with it. That did happen. He did become a supervisor. But my husband went through some trials and tribulations to get him closer with God before he came off. And my husband, every day when I went to work, I have this big bag on me with teaching tapes. I would listen to him all the time at work. I would always lug that bag. Y'all, it got to a point he was lugging it too. He was lugging him a bag. I said, it's about time for him to come off because he's trusting God more than he trusts in Fort County. My husband was so in love with Fort County, y'all. He wanted to go out in the storm. He would just go, 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 go. I got so tired of Fort County, I ain't know what to do. But then when he lost the love for Fort County, I say, it's time. God had to prepare him to be where he is today, and he had to prepare me. So I'm telling you, quit jumping from place to place, and you're not prepared because you won't stay. If God didn't put me here, I wouldn't be here for 22 years because I've been through some ups and downs in the church with people. People come, people go. People lie on you. People do all kind of stuff. But it didn't move me from what God has called me to do. If you're moved out of position because somebody hurts your feelings or because you cannot deal with people, that means that you letting God down. you coming out of position because of how you feel, not according to what God has said. Wherever God puts you, Nobody should be able to uproot you. No situation. You should still be faithful with God no matter what. You are in flesh. God don't work with flesh. He worked through the Spirit. So be encouraged today to know that God's word never changed. But I beg you, get in it. Get in his word. Stay in his word. And you have something to stand on that's sure. Amen. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise. (laughs) Hallelujah. Do we have any visitors that would like to stand at this time? Colton didn't have to remind me this time. If not, I want to say welcome, welcome to Miracle Temple and as the Spirit.